With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Be a believer? Do you have it, TJ? Do you have Indian fever? Because you should probably get tested. <laughs> they, have, they have antibiotics for that now, thankfully, uh, since that song first came out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to process what's about to happen, take place over the next few days, really hours, depending on when people listen to this. You know, we're recording this. What day is today? I lose track of this in the postseason. Wednesday. This is the last day I will know what day it is until it's over. Recording this Wednesday as the Indians have just finished up their What are workout. we recording? This is the Selby is Godcast, baby. TJ Zuppi alongside Zach Meisel and no Bill Selby today, but, uh, you know, he lives on in memory forever. But the Indians... He's still, he's still alive. Let's... Well, for the sounded... purposes of this podcast, okay. I don't know if we'll ever get him back based on the way... Back I'm pretty sure he lives in Mississippi where he coaches the things baseball. Were, the things were. Uh, and shout out again to Selby and, and Holbert Cabrera, who are amazing. And if you didn't catch that podcast, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that in the archives. But no, Indians just wrapped up their, their workout here at Progressive Field. They're leaving. They're on their way to Minute Maid Park. You know, we walk in today and they've got their bags packed. But hasn't it felt like their bags have been packed for like two months? So if they're anything like me, they never unpacked once they got to Arizona. And they've just kept the luggage filled. And oh. you like take a couple things out, put a couple things back in. But they can... They ran a few things through the washing well, yeah, machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although it's bad when you find random Marriott room keys in your pockets. <laughs> and like you have no way of knowing if that's from last week or from May. Um, I love finding old receipts from road trips three years ago. I had, I recently found a couple receipts and I was like, oh crap, did I forget to turn this in in my expense report? And they were from last year, yeah, like June 2017. You start going through old bags that you haven't used in a while. Yeah, (laughs) what? But this was spring training 2014. But my my point was like they could have done that because they've. They've been gearing up for this all all year. Every move the front office has made, every decision Tito has made, every every circumstance of an injured player coming back, like everything has been just to get the roster at its max potential right now. And so if it wasn't at its max potential from April to, to September, it didn't matter. And here we are. And now it's we think it's at its max potential. I don't know. They hope it is. You know, they, whether it was managing Cody Allen and Andrew Miller in weird ways down the stretch. I mean, Andrew Miller, what was his injury? He was out for like three months. 
And then yeah. again for a couple weeks. Like I mean, you had the the flare up of knee issues once again, shoulder issues that he had taken care of in early September. Was it September? Early September? Late August? I, I, see, I've lost track so much. But they could, they could afford to do all that. Yeah, well, they've been looking ahead. Unlike you know, pretty much every other team in the game could not do that. They've been able to try to set themselves up to try to peak at the right times. Now, you can't do that on command. Maybe in this sport more than any other sport with it being rhythm and timing oriented. You know, you can go out there and say, I'm really going to try in this at-bat. Well... Maybe sort of like a golf shot, that's probably not going to work out so well for you. And you're really up there, really trying. I'm really amped up. That It's not the way that this works in this sport. Um, so it's weird. It's made it weird to process this whole season because I think at times we all can agree they probably weren't as focused as they would have been if they had someone just biting at their heels constantly. It makes it tough. You know, my wife is watching some of these postseason games with me and saying, it's funny that the Cubs and and the Brewers and these teams have better records than the Indians. They're all fighting for their lives to get into the postseason. And that's true. But I, you know, I think we've talked about this before too, Zach. It's like I can't look at their record and say, well, they're a 91-win team. Because I don't know how differently they would have played. They certainly would have played these last few weeks like spring training if they needed each and every single one of these wins. They've done the whole let's have as good of a regular season as we can because then – you know, they won 102 games, and you look at you look back through the annals of history, and you see, oh, this team won 102 games. They must have been really good. They did that. Like, now they know. It's kind of like the Cavs. I hate making this comparison because it's not apples to apples, but, like, they know those regular seasons, they don't mean anything. People are only going to remember you for what you did in October. Maybe this season more than any other season. Yeah, in, and so, sure, would they have loved to win 110 games and, like, be going in as the favorites? Yeah, but I think they like that no one is picking them because they seem to know how good they can be. Now, none of us have seen it because we haven't seen this roster deployed in an ideal fashion, in a playoff manner. But, like, we haven't seen the bullpen be let loose. We haven't seen Trevor Bauer coming out in high leverage situations and pitching out of the bullpen. We haven't seen Kluber pitch with pressure. We haven't seen this lineup healthy and... You know what I mean? Like, I, I think a lot of people will say you won 91 games in the worst division in baseball. Like, that's kind of unimpressive. And they're like, okay. It's, to some degree, they're correct. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's not like they didn't have their issues earlier in the year. But if it you would have. just that they weren't trying the If you would have told them they had to, because, like, so you know how on a track, like the inside lane. You would have assumed that I ever ran. <laughs> farther than the refrigerator um it's different in mario kart but on like a, a track that you run on the inside lane because there's technically less ground to cover you have to go farther you start back and like if you're on the outside lane you start a little bit ahead because there's more ground to cover so i mean you know are you following me because i'm barely it. following myself if you would have told the indians they had you that so you'd pass because pass because the indians were playing in the central they basically were the inside track they had the least amount of ground to cover like, they, they had the easiest path to the playoffs. If you would have told them they had to win, say, 105 games in the Central to make the playoffs, they would have approached the regular season completely differently. And we have no idea. Like, they might have been able to win 105 games. We don't know. Or this might have been them. Like, and it's that's what's makes making it difficult because I don't think either of us are making the case that, oh, they absolutely would have won more games. I think the, the thing is we don't know. And I think there's enough um, – 
real doubt in there that I, you can make that case and not truly know. There are teams that you know what they are, and the Indians I still don't think we quite know, which makes it, I think, for fans exciting but also terrifying because there's a lot of potential. I mean, this is a team that I think could live on both ends of the spectrum. Very easily, things could go wrong, and any team could probably make this case. But I could see this team getting swept in three games, sure. and I could see them easily going through and reaching the 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 World Series and potentially winning it. Whoa. Oh, we should have like a sounder for that. (laughs) Uh, I agree. I'll take you one step further. I think they could get swept in the first round. I'm instead going to predict. Can we get a drum roll? Let me see how quickly I can pull up a drum roll. Drum roll. I have to watch an ad before I can listen to a drum roll. (laughs) The actual ad that you're going to watch. All right, watch. this podcast presented by Liberty Mutual. <laughs> and end. End. I think the Indians are going to win the World Series. Whoa! <laughs> uh, I think... I think we got a show. I think I'm... I'm falling into the trap of... We don't know exactly what this team is, and they have geared... Like, they should play their best baseball now. I I don't know if they're going to, but... Oh, here we go. Whoa, 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 Peter Griffin, thank you. Um, I think I think the winner of this series wins the World Series. I think the, the Astros are... Man, they're tough. They're, they're like I think yeah. they're the they've been the best team in baseball. I know the Red Sox have a and better they're, record. They're but. a really difficult matchup for this team in particular because the Indians generally go into any series feeling like they own the starting pitching advantage. Yeah, and Houston is the one team that can keep up pitch for pitch and maybe even outpitch them in a series, um, even based on full potential. And then you look at their lineup, they're full of so many good right-handed bats. And the bullpen, the way that it's constructed now, the Indians have some really good lefties out there who can get some right-handed hitters out. But do they have a guy that can just nuke right-handed hitters right now? Trevor Bauer. Ooh. Outside of Bauer, do they have somebody I think they can trust? I just, I... I th- but that's what I mean, is like these two teams match up. It's a coin flip to me. And I think I just I think the winner, I think the American League is, I think most of these teams aside from like the Brewers, I think the American League, all the teams are better than the National League teams. I mean that's that's fair. You had the Red Sox win a hundred how many games? I mean they were ridiculous this year, Um, and they were doing that with even some some warts on their club. They still were managing to rip off a crap ton of wins in a really tough division. So yeah, I mean I, I think you look at the Red Sox. You look at um, the Yankees, certainly. You look at the A's, even, and what they've done. They've kind of taken bullpenning to a new level, and they're going to use that in the, the wild card game. I mean, every team has some, some things that they do really, really, really well. But I, I think going into it, it's, it's tough to – I don't – Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy. I also don't want to dismiss I, – I think the Red Sox are really freaking good. Um, I do too, but there's something about them seems – very vulnerable. I mean, their bullpen has been a mess the last yeah, couple I mean, months. I mean, I could make the same case. Their rotation beyond the sale too. and price. Price has been just awful in the playoffs in his career. I know that doesn't really matter, but 
and sale fades down the stretch, you know, has done that before. I, I, I hear all of that. I still think they're really good. That's um, fine. I, I mean, I just, I, I, they, the Indians, every player I've talked to loves that they're flying under the radar. And I, I can see where they're coming from. I also think they probably are going to enjoy starting on the road from that standpoint. Yeah. They kind of have to, uh, I hate, this is going to be like a f- cliche football term, but the bunker mentality where they're going to have to, uh, they can't get too comfortable. Like in, in the past, maybe you started at home, maybe you just get lulled into a false sense of security. Maybe that happened a little bit last year. I don't know. But I think starting on the road gets the adrenaline pumping even that much more. The Indians have won game one of every series they've played in the postseason the last two years. I look at this series and I see Carlos Carrasco in game two. For some reason, like, I know they're facing Garrett Cole, who's really good. Like, Carrasco on the road in the playoffs seems like the most comfortable situation. I don't know what it is. Like, he seems... And he's had really good numbers against the Astros and in Houston. And I know I'm throwing out small sample sizes. This stuff doesn't necessarily matter. But, like, I'm pretty confident the Indians are going to get one in Houston. At least one. And what's that team going to do? God, five-game series are so brutal. If you're down one nothing, you're like, shit. Now what? Like, we... And if you're down 2 nothing, and I know the Indians blew a 2 nothing lead last year. But if you blow – if you're down 2 nothing, and then you go on the road? I, I, and I'm just – I'm going off on a tangent here, but I – I I think this is a very evenly matched series. Yeah. And I think I, if the Indians get one early. My biggest concern, and it could be completely unwarranted, I think we talked about it on this podcast a couple weeks ago with when Andre Knott was in here. And he's not lurking, right? <laughs> Ballpark's empty. No, we would have heard his laugh. <laughs> God, I wish I would record that sometime. Uh, yeah, that would be great to have on a hotkey somewhere. Um because this team hasn't played a lot of meaningful games, they haven't been tested in that way like some other teams have. And that's not to say it's not the only deciding factor in what happens with these games. Talent. And I don't think it matters. Coming through. What, what my concern is, are they going to go into these games and they're going to be hyped for game one, hyped for game two? Are, because they haven't had to keep that energy level high the whole year, are they going to go into a game three already dead tired? Are they going to have their I'm, – I'm thinking more mentally than maybe even physically. Well, who's starting game three? Mike Clevenger. When was the last time he was – a brick wall. Yeah, when was the last time he was tired? Yeah, true. And starting pitching is essentially what sets the tone in every single game. But I, I, I am curious because I think we saw a little bit of that in Boston. Even, you know, they, they admitted in that 14-game winning streak two years, two years ago in Toronto. They played that really lengthy game. They were – Beat the shit after that. Like, yeah. it kind of felt like they, it took them almost a month. But they had never gone through anything like that before. And that's fair. But I'm saying this team hasn't, hasn't had to build up that mental psyche like they have maybe in years past. I'd worry about Bieber. I'd worry about Simber, maybe. Hand. But the guys Is who it been... weird? I'm not worried at, uh, one iota about Bieber. I'm not, I don't think if, – if he fails I... in a game, I don't think it's because – He's psyched out of the moments too. Yeah, well, he's shown tons of poise already this year, and I, I just I think these guys have been through this before. I mean, they had all the pressure in the world last year, and they were playing the Yankees. They were in Yankee Stadium. Like, you survive that, or you just go through that. Then that it takes a little bit of the edge off. And not to mention, like, 
Who's going to be the guy throwing the first pitch for them? It's going to be Corey Kluber, who has never showed emotion. And that's not – like, he's going to act like this is just a Friday afternoon. He's just hanging out, going to do some work. Like, is, it, is the – because of what he did in 2016, and I think you – well, maybe you shouldn't, but you throw out a little bit of what happened in Game 7 of the World Series because – I mean, they were all on fumes. Yeah, right. But it, going into the postseason last year, and considering what Kluber did down the stretch last year, he felt or he looked invincible. Like he looked like a guy that is as good as anybody you could ever throw out there. Um, you know, he's you're thinking like Pete Kershaw, you're thinking Pete Scherzer, you're thinking the best pitcher in the game. There's no way this guy's unflappable. You cannot get to this guy. Is that gone to an extent because of what happened in the postseason last year? Do you feel like no, he's just as prone as any good pitcher to go out there and have a clunker. I don't know. I mean, I, I think – I feel like every October adds a chapter to star players' legacies. And, I mean, Kluber even – we tried to get him to bite. Like we talked about – and, you know, he hasn't – since spring training, he hasn't wanted to, to talk about what happened last October. We still don't know – how bad his back hurt, how messed up his mechanics were. We'll probably never know. I don't see Kluber writing a tell-all book in the future. But I think, you know, he he admitted, like, he said he flushed it pretty quickly. And it's not, like, he, he said, if I take the mound Friday thinking about, all right, I got to get redemption for last year and I, I got I to gotta prove to everyone I can pitch under these circumstances – then that's that's taking away from what he should be focusing on. Yeah, you're already kind of losing as it is. So, and I, and I, I completely be- believe him when he says that. Yeah. And so I I don't know. I think you would think he'd pitch well, but there's no way of knowing. I mean, and the, the crazy thing about October is, like, it makes Clayton Kershaw look human. <laughs> so if, if he can look human, anyone can. I don't know. I, I, I think where, where I'd be more comfortable if I'm the Indians is the fact that you're not – like you need Kluber to be better than he was last year. But you can still win a series if he's a little off. You know what I mean? Like you're I mean, not going I mean, into hell, this – his worst – he pitched like crap in game two and they won that he game. Pit, right. And you knew he was starting game five and we know how that ended up. But you knew Bauer was starting on short rest in game four and that that was a little dicey. Like they, It almost felt like, crap, they really better win game three here in Yankee Stadium. Otherwise, it's going to get a little stressful. Um, whereas this year, I, I think you feel confident in Carrasco and Bauer if he starts game four, if he comes out of the bullpen. And you have to feel confident in Clevenger too. I know he's never started a playoff game, but he has passed every test this year. And well, yeah, he's earned it. He's yeah. earned that opportunity. So I think, from the 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 pitching standpoint, it's like I don't know. I, I this is the best. Think about who's going to log every inning for them. This is the best pitching staff they've had in terms of not messing around with it and like getting cute like they did last year. Every single inning is going to be thrown. You know, unless they're. Even Tito admitted today, like, Otero's only going to pitch if they're down a few runs. Simber's only going to pitch if he's facing, like, one righty in the sixth inning. Otherwise, every inning is going to be one of your horses or Alan Miller hand. And that's – or Oliver Perez. Like, that's that's a pretty good place to be in. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like, and I hope they go with it. It seems like they will. I like the mentality of just win the game in hand. More so, you know, last year I think they got away from it. We've talked about it. I think we spent all winter talking about it. I really don't need to rehash it now. But I like the thought of just trying to win that day and then kind of see what happens. I mean, of course you're always somewhat thinking ahead. You can't completely just run your pitching staff to the, you know, the point of uh, of them being just incapable of getting any outs. That's fair. But, I mean, even look at the way that these wild card games or these game 163s have been played, where teams, you know, they're not, they're not looking at this saying, well, we, we can't really pitch Hendricks here because, you know, what if we win this game? And, then, you know, these games are so valuable. Every single win is so valuable that if you have a chance to win it, go out and try to win that game. And then you don't even know what's going to happen in the next game. And I think we even saw that from day one of the 2016 postseason when Tito ran through every pitcher he could, and that being Miller and Allen that were really, really important um, in that game one scenario. And then everyone's like, well, what happens if you need Miller and Allen? Well, they didn't need Miller and Allen in game right. two. Um, and so it was rewarding to just try to attack that win, get it, put it under your belt, and know that you have it. And I feel like they can, if they really want to, they can do that with this team. You know you have Kluber and Carrasco set up, but do not hesitate. If you think Trevor Bauer can give you eight outs in a really important game, I don't give a shit about game four. Right. Try to win game one and try to win game two and try to win game three and, don't, and make it so you don't even need a game four. And if you And if you do need it, then you've got Shane Bieber and your contingency plans. And just try to win that game. Man, I, I feel like Bieber. this team is set up because they have such a, you know, we've talked about it all year, being top-heavy. Because they're so top-heavy in talent, even with the pitching staff, use those guys and leverage them as much as friggin' possible. Yeah, and that's why I wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid to use Bauer early either because he hasn't thrown more than 65 pitches in an outing in two months. So if you use him in, in game one for... Shit, if Kluber goes six, I have I have no problem going to Bauer for the last three. I kind of prefer that because we haven't seen Cody Allen and Andrew Miller pitch consistently. Like, I still don't really know what I'm getting when I send them out there. So if I go Bauer for three innings, if he's my best option, you can still bring him back in game four and just for another three innings. Yeah, you're not asking him to start and go seven. Let him go three or four or five. Like, I... I and it's different than last year. It's not starting on short rest. It's pitching on three days rest after throwing 45 pitches. And that's where, ha- that's where I, I feel like having some confidence in Bieber to at least go through a couple times through an order makes this so much easier to process and so much easier to feel like you can do those things because I think Bieber can get outs in the postseason. Yeah. You know, there were concerns last year about Clevenger. I think they, they wondered whether or not he could handle that sort of environment and Tito even talked about that at the end of the last year. You know, he said, "Did you see him pitch? Yeah, he struggled to find the strike zone. It was a, it was a an experience for him that was a little bit difficult. This year, you feel like you can trust him because you have that extra pitcher that's just kind of lingering back there. I feel like you can piece as much of it together. Well, you can have such to. a quick hook. Jose Altuve leads off the game with a double. Pull him. <laughs> okay, maybe not that quick. But couple runs on the board, sure." I, I feel like they I feel like they're equipped if they want to to utilize that sort of mentality this year and they should. And it feels like they're going to. At least the way that they've talked so far, it kind of feels like they're going to. 
So what's your World Series prediction? I'm going to say A's over... Braves. Braves. Wow. <laughs> How many games? Uh, four. It'll be a four-game sweep. Okay. Uh, I, I, don't, I have no feel. Can I tell you how historically terrible I am at this? 2015, I got, we went round by round predicting. So Hoynes and I did the wild card games. I got both wrong. Then we did the four division series. I went 0 for 4. We did the two ALCSs. I said Cubs, Blue Jays. It was Mets, Royals. Like, I, th- you have to, I should have gone to Vegas and just bet the opposite <laughs> I'm of. Just gonna, I'm just going to do the Costanza, man. I'm going to do the opposite. Yeah. So you um, picked the Indians to win it all, or at least win this series so against said, the Astros? I yeah. certainly am picking the Astros now. Okay. I think... History says I will be right. I want to say Indians-Brewers. I think the Brewers are pretty good. But, like, that will be really fun for us. Our buddy who's probably listening, instead of studying up on the Rockies, um, it would be cool to, to reconnect with him for a World Series. It would be the easiest travel arrangement uh, and that never happens. So I'll say Indians, Dodgers. <laughs> I so how much have you watched these these uh, the game one sixty threes and the wild card game so a far? little bit. I fell asleep before Cubs and Rockies ended. I think I made it to the eleventh. I ended up watching all of all of the Cubs Rockies game um, outside of when uh, my daughter woke up in the middle of the night for bottle feeding. So I'm like standing holding giving her a bottle while I'm trying to watch television, but also shield her from the television so it's not going to wake her up a bunch. It's kind of awkward, but I made it through it. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Well, I was just trying to give you a little bit of a glimpse of my personal life. I'm sorry. Stick to sports. Now I know not to have kids. Well, I like my sleep. (laughs) I feel like I could send you just random middle-of-the-night snaps to be the best kind of birth control. My dog woke up and started whining oh, the other morning at 5 a.m. That's really tough. I'm, I hope he was okay. He was fine. He was uh, the reason why I bring it up is, you know, these atmospheres have been fun to watch. Sure. But you also find when you don't have a, a rooting interest in this, usually I, – I don't think anybody that's being truly honest with themselves, you end up rooting for something. You're rooting – even if it's for the other team to come back and then the other team to come back and rooting for a good game, you end up rooting for something. But it's, it's fun to get kind of invested in these games – but as you brought up the Dodgers, man. What a contrast between you had that Brewers Cubs game, which was insane, and the crowd there was going nuts, and you had a ton of Brewers fans there, which was incredible. So good on the Milwaukee fans for showing up for that. And then they go to Rockies Dodgers, which was a clunker. It's weird already. that the Cubs were playing in a playoff game where a lot of road fans <laughs> infiltrated the home how, stadium. How does that work? Um, and you, it's such a contrast between Rockies Dodgers, which was like it was like they were taking a nap in the stands. Well, what do you think it's going to be like for Indians Astros with all five games starting at nine a.m. Eastern? <laughs> Just in that environment of Minute Maid Park, where every ball off the bat sounds like gunfire, and they shoot off the fireworks in there, and they've got the. The train that goes over the left field wall. Yeah, filled with oranges. And just blows your eardrums out. I mean, you don't hear a thing after about the sixth inning in that place. That's going to be insane. What a crazy environment uh, that's going to be. Um, And I am just, I'm just so anxious, like the players have said they are, like Tito has said that he is. Pretty much like everyone has said, I'm just so eager to get this started. I'm not ready for it to be over like, you know, that. 
but it can be. But just the fact that we're finally to this point that we've been discussing for months is a pretty good feeling. Yeah, it's, I mean, we've talked about this two years ago. I don't think anyone expected that we'd be, well, so in the playoffs, you have no off days, no time when you're thinking about anything other than work. And it's, it's, I don't want this to sound like complaining because it's when you get to the end of it and look back on it, like 2016 covering that playoff run Mm -hmm. was a blast. I woke up the morning of game five in Chicago, realized the Indians might win the World Series that night and immediately was suffering chest pains, thought I was having a heart attack, Uh, went about a week only eating granola bars and drinking coffee. But other than that, like it's, it's a lot of fun and it's tiring, but the crazy part is you don't know how long it's going to last. Mm. And so that year, I think we all thought, like, at most this lasts a week, maybe two if they advance to the second round. But last year, we all thought they were going to make a run. And so it's like, all right, here we go. Let's gear up for this. And then five days over, later, it's over. And we're in the press box till 4 a.m. doing this podcast. And then it's like, all right, see you guys in Arizona. Like that's <laughs> so weird. It's it's just it's bizarre. I know Terry Francona has compared it to like you go 100 miles an hour and then you just hit a brick wall, but you don't know when you're going to hit that brick wall. Yeah. And so it's it's weird going into this now, having experienced both ends of the spectrum in the last two years, being like telling my wife like, hey, like starting middle of next week might be uh, seeing you every day and annoying you and yeah, you'll be wishing it's February. Or, like, maybe see you in a month, and then if they win the World Series, then there's a parade, and then there's all sorts of shit, and, like, it's going to be a really busy winter. So, you you don't know. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, it's... And it's fun. I mean, I think it's... The NBA is so slow to develop the playoffs, and they last so long, and I think, every, especially with the Cavs the last few years, it's been like, all right, playoffs are starting, but also this journey doesn't really start till late May. And we don't... I don't... I have no idea what it's like when the NFL playoffs start. But what are those? But, what are those? Hey, Super Bowl, Super Browns. But MLB, like that journey in October is unlike anything else. Except maybe March Madness. And it's kinda like March Madness. And you facing off against Jose Ramirez and Mario Kart. Probably all somewhere yeah. on the same level. Just wait till next year. Uh final note was uh speaking of Mario Kart, it was funny for Shane Bieber to realize that he got got because he has beaten Jose Ramirez a few times we've seen at Mario Kart. Eh, in a, a few in might be pushing it. Okay, a handful of he times? beat him like a he's beaten him of a times? few races. I think I don't know if he's beaten him like overall more than once or twice. I think I've seen twice at least. And then yesterday, let's not hurt. Let's not tarnish Jose's legacy too much here. Well, by the transitive property, Bieber is way better at that than you. Um, so it was funny that in the inner squad game, those two get to face off on the baseball field. Yeah. You know, they actually get paid to do. Um, and Jose takes him deep. He said it, and Beaver said he had, he had him 3-0 in the inner squad game. Didn't want to walk him, so he just decided to throw him a fastball. And, of course, he crushed it. Uh, said he was happy to be part of Jose's 40 home runs. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, last year I think Jose got caught up in trying to get to 30. This year he finishes with 39. The fact that he hits it over the fence, do you think that's therapeutic at all? Like, yeah, he kind of got 40. He kind of got 40. Yeah. Do you want to do a random Indian? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so in honor of the playoffs, I picked this player specifically. Ryan Drees. No. It's good that you finally know his name, though. All right, this guy played for the Indians from 97 until 2000. He was traded in 2000. 
Alvin Mormon. No, he was a position player who batted. Holy shit, really? <laughs> he batted 287 in those four years with the Indians. 190 games. 190 games over three seasons? Four, but two of them were very part-time. Um, I don't know. I got nothing. He was ultimately traded for Will Cordero. Uh, who was traded for Will Cordero? In 2000? That would have been? Uh... I don't know. I, I can't think of anything. He appeared in the playoffs with the Indians in 98 and 99. And in 98, he even started... He got 15 plate appearances in the ALCS alone. He started five ALCS games. Enrique Wilson. Yeah. In honor of the playoffs, thought we'd go with you the know, guy who had the was, swim move around I was thinking, base. I was thinking Enrique, but I, I have no recollection of them trading him for Will Cordero. Him and Alex Ramirez to the Pirates for Will Cordero. So I had no recollection of that. But also, I was thinking, would I have traded Enrique Wilson, who would have had some more control left, an infielder switch hitter who could play multiple spots for a guy that you're going to have for the end of that season? Why would I do that? So that's probably the biggest reason why I didn't say Enrique Wilson, because it seemed like a really stupid trade. We've talked about that play in 98 on this podcast, haven't we? I think so. I think we've talked about every play. The Fryman bunt, the knob lock, yell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we have touched on that before. Yeah. All right. Where can you find this podcast? You can find it on Podbean for sure. Well, yeah. I've been told. Spotify. Um, You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, you can find it on Google Podcasts and Stitcher, as well as Anchor and like a bunch of other little little random places that if you go to our Anchor page, you can see a bunch. And hey, don't leave know us, who else has those other... Leave uh, us a review. Apps. Please. Fuck. Thank you. Five stars only. <laughs> I'll buy you a beer. Uh, do you have any parting words before we get this all started? <sighs> no. It's going to be fun. Get ready. Buckle up. Wait, did you ever give your prediction? Yeah, I said I'm doing the opposite of whatever you're doing. Okay, so Astros. Every year, I, every year, just because I don't, I would rather be viewed as a homer than a hater, I guess. I just pick the Indians because it's easier because if they advance, I can just say, yeah, I picked them to advance. And if they don't advance, I can just say, ah, I was just clouded. My judgment was clouded. So I always end up picking the Indians just so, I don't know, for whatever reason, I feel like I can just look back and say, hey, I I believed, see, even though I really have no indication of how this is going to go. It's all random. I mean, it's. Uh, but you know what? What the hell? Indians in four. I, I, oh, over the Astros? Yeah, we're in the World four. Series. It's <laughs> in four over the Astros. Okay, I don't, know, I don't know about that. Astros are good. These things never play out like you think. You, you always go, oh, it's going to be five, or it's going to be a seven game series, and it ends up being a five game yeah. snoozer. 
All right, well, we're out of here. Hope everyone enjoys the, the playoffs, and we'll be doing these much more frequently in the playoffs, hopefully. Um, as hopefully long we'll as you have, leave five-star reviews. And hopefully we'll have a full month of these. Although, if you ask my wife, I think she would prefer that we're done sooner than later so she can go back to work and I can take care of the kids. But every, every series the Indians advance, I just delay being Mr. Mom a little bit more. So that's on the Indians. That's it's really weird that like a week from now I might be on the couch in my sweatpants <laughs> with nothing to do. Well, that could be the case either way. Until next week, we're out of here. See ya.